Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast, where physicians share their stories of life outside of work. Top life coaches share expert tips on how to accelerate your path toward what matters most to you. And financial experts and side gig experts can help you on the trajectory toward financial security. Thank you for joining us. And let's get started with today's episode. And I knew also that if I have so much suppressed emotion in myself, I cannot be healthy. So this was a big part of my healing process, the psychotherapy or mental work and emotional release, because I had really, really a lot of suppressed emotions. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Your presence here brings a genuine smile to my face, and I'm truly delighted you've joined us today. I'm Jen Barna, a practicing physician and also your host on this journey. Together with the help of remarkable expert guests on the podcast, we'll learn tools and strategies to process stress, manage time, and nurture our well-being. I'm here to help you define and build your personal life around what's most essential and meaningful to you, and then align your medical career to accommodate. That's what we're all about. On today's episode, get ready for a riveting experience with an exceptional guest, poised to share his story, and it may just reshape your perspective and give you direction to reflect on your own life. The tale you're about to hear is going to answer a burning question you've probably never thought of. What does curing chronic tinnitus have in common with curing chronic pain and curing other chronic symptoms? And what are the tangible ways you can effectively tackle chronic stress head on? What are ways to calm your central nervous system and how can that be a powerful tool for your long-term wellness? This episode is about profound transformation and healing and holds the power to touch not only your life, but the lives of those around you. My guest today is Peter Studenick the brilliant mind behind the best-selling masterpiece, I Cured My Tinnitus, My Path from Tinnitus to Profound Transformation and Genuine Healing. Without further ado, let's dive right in and hear straight from Peter the details of his journey and how you can apply his experience to healing in your own life. I'm so happy to welcome you, Peter Stunick, as a guest today on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. I'm so interested in hearing your story because you have been through a journey to alleviate a chronic problem. In your case, it was a severe case of tinnitus. Is that correct? Yeah, it is correct. I had tinnitus for four years. And the reason I'm so curious to hear your story is because it it really ties into something that we've talked about a couple of times on the podcast. We've talked about chronic pain in some episodes with Dr. David Clark and with Dr. Howard Schubiner. I can link to those episodes in the show notes. And we've talked about chronic stress with Stephanie Shaw and how she was able to alleviate some severe symptoms that she describes in an episode as well. So I'm so curious to hear about 
your story and what you went through to completely alleviate tinnitus that had plagued you really and was to such a dangerous level in your life. Would you step back through and tell us about your story? So my tinnitus started after a loud concert. From the beginning, I was quite afraid, but first days I was not terrified. But it didn't go away. I thought it would go away. I had it maybe a few times in the past after the party or concert, and it just go away in the night or in one day. In this case, it didn't go away for a week. So I started the research on internet, and I found out that this ringing in ears is tinnitus, that it is incurable, that nobody don't know how to cure it. And then I go to medical specialist, and he told me the same. And from the time, I started to be really terrified. I was not able to sleep. I was not able to concentrate on anything. And I just feel despaired. And yeah, it was very hard for me. This was like a few months. I was like visiting a lot of medical specialists, maybe 30 or something like that around the Europe. But there was no hope still. And I was going to deeper and deeper despair. But I don't give up on anything in my life. So I didn't give up and I go to another medical specialist, another medical specialist. And after three years, I found on internet, Dr. Pavel Yastrebov from, I think he's from University of Yale. And he was writing about tinnitus from a neurological point of view, not from ENT point of view. Can you spell his name for us? It is Pavel, P-A-W-E-L, and Yastrebov is J-A-S-T-R-E-B-O-F-F. And I wrote all his work and his book, and I immediately knew that this is the root cause of tinnitus, not the ears, because ears are okay in most of tinnitus cases, but that there is something in brain, uh, especially or there is a part of brain, it's called hypothalamus, and it's a filter of all these things around us. So when you are hearing me, you are not hearing, for example, I don't know, birds or some noises around you because they are focused on me. And also when you are in the party or in the pub, when someone calls Peter, you won't notice it. And when someone calls Jen, you will immediately turn right. because your brain knows the gen is important sound for you and needs to be amplified. Peter is not important and you don't care about it or your brain don't care about it. So when you read this work, it made you realize, if I'm understanding you correctly, that the reason that your tinnitus was persisting was because your brain had made it a priority to hear this sound above yeah. other sounds. Yeah, and that, that was is natural. Because of your despair, do you think? Because of your level of fear? Or what do you think the reason for that is? Level of stress and fear and toxicity in my body, like toxic food and junk food, etc. 
a lot of sweets because all these there are a lot of stressors when you are in stress your brain works differently your brain is increasing some things for example when you are in the forest uh, with friends in the day you are just like listening to forest you have good time you don't listen like some strange noises but when you go there alone in the night you will be able to hear some noise like 500 meters from you because it is important for your survival and when you are in stress your brain works differently because like cortisol adrenaline are released in your bloodstream and these things are increased so what i found out with pavel yastrebov is that there is a sound in the ears everybody has the sound there was research in uh, some medical school and students were sent to some room and they told them okay we will play you some sounds and you will tell us what it was and they go there one by one and go out and one said i heard ringing in ears i heard whistling in ears and other some noises but they didn't play them anything and 90% of these healthy students without tinnitus heard tinnitus and the problem is not fixing the ears because this sound is natural but fixing the brain to not amplify this natural sound and the brain can amplify the sound to like enormous levels so it cannot be like bearable and this is the root cause this is a very similar concept to the brain interpreting chronic pain yes, as a very yes. amplified yeah. signal yeah. And the concept yeah. that Dr. Howard Schubner, Dr. Sarno, who Schubner yeah, I love him. with, yeah. and Dr. David Clark are talking about with pain reprocessing therapy and emotional mm-hmm. awareness and expression therapy. And yeah. physicians like Dr. Philippe Duyan, who came on the podcast as well, he's a neurologist who works with people. Mm-hmm again, to retrain the brain in the context of chronic illness and chronic problems. So I'm really fascinated with what you're saying. And I think if you're someone who's listening to the podcast and you're thinking, well, I have tinnitus or I don't have tinnitus, is this relevant to me? I would say it's relevant to all of us, especially, of course, if you do have tinnitus, it's highly relevant, but it also is applicable to so many other situations. And what you said uh, a moment ago, when you said, when you're in stress, your brain works differently. As medical professionals, we experience chronic stress and that can lead us into a situation of burnout and, and also lead to more extreme difficulties with coping with that stress. And there are ways and tools to be able to cope with the stress. And I'm very curious if this ties into neuroplasticity as well. So this is something that I think is applicable to every listener. And I want to hear more about what you did. So tell me what mm-hmm. happened. You read the book. At uh-huh. this point, you've suffered for three years with this. The medical professionals that you've seen have been unable to help you mm-hmm. with classic treatments. What happened next? So when I understood what is the root cause of tinnitus, that it is like brain, I started to study brain, how to calm it down or how to fix it, how to 
start working the brain like for people without tinnitus. And I found out that the main reason of this brain malfunction is stress. And stress can be emotional when you are your boss or, you know, you have like some terms, a lot of work. This is like the emotional or psychical stress. But there can be chemical stress or toxic stress, which is food, water, air, breeze, everything. Then there is a stress where you don't sleep properly. And there is also one part of stress, which is unresolved traumas from your childhood or from war or something like that. And also the source of big stress is also some unresolved emotions when you are suppressing emotions, especially in my case as a man, I was not allowed to cry because boys don't cry and I didn't cry for 18 years. So I started to look at the possibility to reduce my stress level in all these areas. And I knew that when I will be able to do it, I will cure my tinnitus. And there was two things. First one, that Pavel Yastrebov find out that some noises are like calming this nervous system down. It's a white noise and pink noise. He tested a lot of noises, but these are the best ones. Also, when you have a child which cannot sleep, there are white noise teddy bears in the market. So you just press some play button and give this teddy bear to the bed with your kid and it will fall asleep because this white or big noise, it is calming everybody's system down. And second, what I invented, it's a measurement of tinnitus. And I was able to every morning measure my tinnitus objectively. So I knew that if my tinnitus is stronger than the day before or lower. And when I knew this, I made a tinnitus diary and I was trying to find out what is increasing my tinnitus and what is decreasing my tinnitus. And when I found this out, I just worked like eliminating these things which were increasing and adding more things which were decreasing my tinnitus. First of all, let me just ask you, are you having any Mm -hmm. symptoms of tinnitus now? No. Okay. That's wonderful news. Okay. And at the time when you were developing this method of journaling, what would be an example of something that you would notice, say yesterday, the tinnitus was less and today it's worse. How would you break down what might contribute to it? Every day I wrote what I had, eat or eaten, what I drank, who I met, and what I did. So every day I made this. And second day I put volume of my tinnitus and I continued this for two weeks. And after two weeks, I looked at the diary and was trying to find the connections. So if my tinnitus was strong on Wednesday, Friday, and Tuesday next week, and I ate bananas day before, I knew that bananas are increasing my tinnitus. And for example, this was the case. Or chocolate, or red wine, or beer, or any junk food, any chips. And what was increasing my tinnitus was also the fried items. 
Very interesting. And recognizing that and changing mm-hmm. eating, what percentage of improvement did you notice just from doing that? I would say 20 to 30%. The reason I asked that, and I'm fascinated by your answer because it's consistent with what Stephanie Shaw told me. Really? Nice. Yeah, she, she it, you can hear her episode. It was episode number 223. Okay. Stephanie had multiple symptoms that included, they were very different from tinnitus, but she had Mm -hmm. serious symptoms. She was beginning to have numbing and pain, chronic pain, Mm -hmm. headaches, tingling and nerve pain in her extremities. And she was going to numerous physicians and no one could figure out what was going on. And Mm -hmm. initially she made a shift in nutrition and it made a significant impact, but it Mm -hmm. was when she began journaling and recognizing the stress that it went away completely. That's great. So the similar first made the shift in nutrition yeah. and then made the shift with journaling. So I'm very fascinated to hear how you were specifically able to notice these differences. It's really helpful hearing this story. So what happened after that? So you notice a big difference. You changed your diet. Did you continue to go on like a two-week on, two-week off journaling or were you continually journaling and always looking back at the last two weeks? How long did it take to notice all of the dietary changes you needed to make? And were you Mm -hmm. making other changes at that time or strictly Mm -hmm. focused on diet at first? Okay. It took me nine months. Pavel Yastrebov recommends one and a half year, but I was okay after nine months. There is one very important thing about tinnitus, that when you suffer from tinnitus, you subjectively hear it every day the same. It is like very high and you are not able to say if it is stronger or lower than the day before. So because of that, you need to measure it. And when I changed the diet, I saw that it is decreasing a little bit. And it also called my nervous system down because I see the good progress. It was not a huge progress, but I saw that it is going down. I said, okay, I'm on the wrong path and my nervous system little bit calm down. Second thing is the sound therapy. This was discovered by this Dr. Pagastrebov. It is white noise or pink noise. And you are listening to for several hours a day. And what is pink noise doing is calming your nervous system down, but also it breaks fixation on tinnitus. So when you have tinnitus, you are really focused on tinnitus. Your brain increases. The tinnitus is all your life. Nothing other matters, just tinnitus. Because you hear it and you are increasing it. And it's like vicious cycle, right? Like afraid of it and you increase it. But when you put there another sound, your brain starts to take care about this another sound as well. And it's not only about tinnitus, but about another sound as well. So first you are focused on tinnitus, then on ping noise, and then as normal people, you are focused on many different sounds. So it breaks the fixation or tunnel hearing, I would say. One other question, going back to your mention of being able to measure level of tinnitus, despite the fact that subjectively you don't hear a difference. Mm-hmm. How, how did you figure out how to do that? I had the MP3 player with the earbuds 
but you can use also the sound generators from Phonag or Siemens, etc. And what I did every morning, you need to set up the volume of ping or white noise below your tinnitus level. So your tinnitus is here and ping noise is here. And every day I was trying to set up the volume of ping noise as low as audible. And when I had a good day and my tinnitus was low, I was able to set up volume to, for example, 10. And I still hear the ping noise. When I set it up to 9, I was not able to hear ping noise, only tinnitus. But when my day was bad, I set up volume, for example, to 15. And when I put it to 14, I was not able to hear it. I heard only tinnitus. And by this, I know that my tinnitus is better or worse that day. That is absolutely brilliant. Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It makes perfect sense once you explain it. And pink noise is the same as white noise or is that different? White noise are all frequencies playing same volume. And the pink noise are high frequencies are lower volume. Because some people with tinnitus has also sensitivity to sound and is better or pleasurable for them, this pink noise. But both noises are equally effective. And you will not hear the difference. And both is like very distant waterfall, like one kilometer waterfall from you. It's like, it's very nice, pleasant sound. Okay. And so for someone listening, if they're struggling with this problem, hopefully they're starting Mm -hmm. to have some hope. If you're listening like me, you're probably sitting on the edge of your seat wondering what happened next. So it took nine months of Mm -hmm. this process to completely resolve your symptoms. Is that correct? Yeah. So initially you you began the journaling, you noticed Mm -hmm. the difference from day to day and you had a way to measure it and you changed your diet and you were treating yourself with sound therapy. Yeah. And when I started the diet, I saw it is decreasing. So I was uh, curious about other things. And for example, in my case, I found out when I go to roller skating, my tinnitus is higher next day. So I called my physiotherapist and she told me to come. And she saw how I'm roller skating. And she told me that I have some disbalance in my neck and I need to fix it. And then I was working with her maybe for two months on this fixation. And after that, I go rose skating and it didn't increase anymore. And so with that experience, what did that teach you in terms of how you are living your life now in terms of prevention? In terms of prevention. Okay. I eat like simple foods. I like the books from Dan Buettner about blue zones. Blue zones are places in the world where people live like 100 years in full health. And there is a book behind me. It's a cookbook from blue zones and I eat this food. So I eat. (laughs) Really? Okay. So so in the show notes as well. Okay. So no processed foods, no sugar or little bit sugar. If alcohol, then red wine, dry red wine, especially from Sardinia or in the U.S. you have great wines, but this one and 
simple foods and like I eat organic and I don't eat very much meat. I eat meat maybe one a week maximum. But for this diet, avoid any chemicals or artificial ingredients, including some coloring ingredients or preservating or etc. And that improved the symptoms 20 to 30%. And then you had the sound therapy and then you noticed other things that were going on yeah. in your life. And from the journaling, you were able to see yeah. that it impacted whether you had symptoms mm-hmm. or not. So in addition to the roller skating, were there other things that yeah. you noticed? Yeah. And through? I must say, in half of cases of tinnitus sufferers, this is enough for them to cure what we saw about. But in my case, unfortunately, I had to go deeper. And I started to go to psychotherapy. And I found out that I didn't cry for 18 years. It was normal for me, but it was not normal for therapists, definitely. And she gave me some book about some stories. And I wrote that book. And after 18 years, I started crying. And I cried for hours in a row. And I remember after this crying, I still had the tinnitus, but it didn't bother me at all. And I knew also that if I have so much suppressed emotion in myself, I cannot be healthy. So this was a big part of my healing process, deep psychotherapy or mental work and emotional release, because I had really, really a lot of suppressed emotions mainly crying because I'm a man. I think there are probably a lot of listeners who fall into the 50% like you did. That's probably why they're listening because they're out there looking for something that they haven't heard yet. And the suppressed emotions, not only would people relate to that, of course, I think most people probably on some level would relate to that. And Mm -hmm. also, did you have some parts of your personality that were just very highly driven, maybe perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> tell me yeah. tell me about how would that have tied in? Did you find that perhaps that was a personality that might lead you in this direction? Um, yeah. Were you an athlete, for example? Other things where we see that people who are highly driven, and mm-hmm. that can be a good thing professionally, of course, but it can also lead you to maybe neglect your own well-being. Yes. Okay. In the time, I was like a director of department in big corporation. I had a restaurant company and I work maybe 12 or 14 hours a day for maybe five years in a row. So I was always in work, always in stress, no stress release, no relaxing, anything. So I was like working very, very much. And part of my healing was that I quit the job. I sold the company and I found the job which was not like so well paid, but was more fulfilling and more funny for me. So I, I like this job. And also during the psychotherapy, I found out that I'm not very happy at all in my marriage. And after like one year or uh, is my nine months of therapy we separated and i got divorced with my ex-wife she was not bad woman but we were not compatible and we were suffering both in this relationship but without tinnitus i will be still with her 
And when I release these big stressors, like management position or director position, my restaurant and my marriage, the tinnitus decreased almost to zero. How have you been able to maintain your well-being in addition to did that require lifestyle changes or were you already financially in a position where it wasn't impactful for you? I, I imagine people listening may say to themselves, I know I should make a change, but how can I do it? People often feel trapped when in reality they're not. So really, I guess what I'm trying to say is kudos to you for figuring that out and taking the steps Mm -hmm. to protect yourself. Because ultimately, if you don't have your health, nothing is worth that. And for the people Mm -hmm. who are watching and saying, I know I should do that, but I don't know how. Do you hear that question often? And what do you say? Yeah, I didn't know how at the time as well. And I encourage people to measure tinnitus and start with small things, avoiding fast foods, avoiding like fried things, avoiding junk food, avoiding processed foods. And when you see that it is decreasing, it will give you power to continue on these harder things. And yeah, it took me like nine months to realize that these are really, really like these problems which needs to be solved to get healthy. And I had this therapist and we were trying to find out some transmission which will be okay for me. Because if I just quit the job, I will be even in bigger stress than before. So it was not like that. I found another job. It was not so well paid, but I was able to live with new income. It was smaller. For example, I sold my port car and buy normal car. So yeah, I had to adjust my lifestyle a bit, but I was not suffering from like poverty or something like that. I was like living a normal life, but I was not living a luxury life. And also with the food, I'm cooking every day at home. And it's very cheap when you're cooking at home. It's very cheap. Even if you are like eating organic, it's still very cheap because vegetables are very cheap. When you go to a restaurant, it is junk food and it is three times more expensive. So I encourage people, okay, measure tinnitus, start with simple things. There is no simple thing for everybody. For someone, it's simple thing, one thing, for another simple thing, another thing. Just start with that. See that your tinnitus is decreasing and then find friends, family to help you solve this thing. If you are like not happy in your work or it is very stressful and not like sleeping because of work, or because your relationship, find friends, find therapists, and try to find the way out. But it's not cutting, it is like process. It needs to be pleasant. It is like going out of your comfort zone, but no extremes. For example, for someone, if you are not happy in marriage, you can talk to your wife and you can go to therapy together. It's not about divorce. Or if you are not happy in your company, in my case, the company was not bad, but I was in the position and I was not able to like, it was too much for me. So I would go to my manager. I said, okay, I need to go to a lower position because this is very stressful for me. Can you help me with that? I think very important thing during the healing of everyone, chronic pain, tinnitus, 
every other conditions is TLC, tender love care. So no extremes. Go from your comfort zone, but don't go to extremes. Don't go to bigger stress. And do I understand correctly that the TLC actually needs to come from you? Yeah. Which is something that we as healthcare professionals are trained to give to other people, Mm -hmm. but we are basically trained to neglect ourselves. And so I think for someone who is feeling overwhelmed and knowing that they are overstressed in a work situation that can lead to physical ailments, and people may be trying to figure out what to do about that, they may feel that they don't have power to do something, but in fact, they do. Mm -hmm. And what you're describing is a pathway that Mm -hmm. through self-examination and Mm -hmm. through journaling and really tuning in to what's going on in your environment and in your perceptions and in your past processing Mm -hmm. emotions, which maybe sounds easier than it actually is. I don't know. What are your thoughts about the emotional processing? Was that a quick turnaround for you or was that you said the four hours once you got to a point where you yeah it was beginning only beginning mm-hmm. yeah it took me nine months of everyday therapy and coaching as well and for me it was the hardest part because like release the emotions or express emotions for me was like taboo or no way and it took me a lot of time to start to cry in front of someone because when i was crying for for hours in a row i was alone I felt terrible that I felt like I'm a girl now, but I was alone at least. (laughs) But it took me another eight months to start to cry in front of something or say, okay, it hurts me, don't do it. Or I'm angry on that or I'm angry on you because you did this. So it took me a really, really long time to start to expressing emotions. And... The good thing about expressing emotion is that when you start to express them, the people which love you stay with you and the people which don't love you go away. It happens automatically. That's really important, I I feel. Will you say that one more time in, in case someone's just noticing? So when you are expressing emotions and expressing emotions could be like crying and Expressing emotions also saying, don't do it, it hurts me. Or I'm angry because you did this or didn't do this. And when you are expressing emotions, the people which loves you stay with you. And people which don't love you go away. Because people which don't love you will say, you are too sensitive. Or, I don't know, you are a girl, don't cry. But people which love you will say, okay... I didn't know that it hurts you and they will change their behavior because they love you and they would like to have this relationship. That's something else that I've heard before also in the conversation with Stephanie Shaw, where she said that initially she began to journal imaginary conversations that she felt she didn't have the courage to have with people around Mm -hmm. her. She noticed that there was toxicity in some of her interactions with people. And over time through journaling these conversations, she then noticed that she had the courage to speak with people. And she said Mm -hmm. she was pleasantly surprised 
that people were very open to it and responsive to it. Yeah, most people are open. That is very nice because they just didn't know that they hurt you or that you get angry on something. But when you told them, they will tune their behavior. But there are some which don't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) By the same token, though, it is helpful to even think of talking with people because I know there are situations where it just may not occur to you. You may be feeling that you wish someone was doing something differently or you're afraid the relationship Mm -hmm. could be in jeopardy. But the idea of actually speaking to the person about it, sometimes it's not something we think of as even an option. It's really hard because in the beginning I said, avoid junk food, it's easy. But when you don't express what you feel inside, it's very hard to start with that. But small steps with closest friends, and you will see that people are good. Mostly they are good. And it will give you more confidence to do it in bigger scale, talk with your boss or with your colleagues with your wife, with your mother, with your father, it's very, very, very hard. Or it was hard for me to change it because I was not talking about this stuff. And for me, I have good friends around me and I have this therapist and they helped me a lot. So I think I will not be able to do it alone. Definitely not. So if you are alone, find someone because we can say, okay, you can only say that, but like, I would run two marathons in a row, but this was harder. So get help. And perhaps a coach can be helpful in that way as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Into friends and family to just help you see things from a different perspective, maybe to reflect things back to you and therapy as well could certainly be helpful. And there is no emotional context when someone is like your coach or your therapist, they don't have emotions because you say something to your wife and she gets triggered because you are in emotional connection with her. The therapist is safe place or coaching is safe place when you can express everything and find out how to communicate to your rights. That's an excellent point. They can see everything objectively. They don't have the emotional investment. So Yeah, yeah. And we are human. We are emotional. So... We are not able to suppress, unfortunately, we are not robots. Peter, you've written a book about this. And I think after listening to this conversation, a lot of people are going to be very interested in reading that because it sounds like it would be very helpful. Does the book step people through? Tell me a little bit about the book itself. So book is about my story, how it began, what I underwent before I found a way from tinnitus. There are chapters how to measure your tinnitus, what devices to be used. And then there are six steps. And these steps are mainly the changes or area of changes which I made to cure my tinnitus completely. So it's like step-by-step process. And if you follow it and you measure it, you will see it is decreasing. and then you can choose one step, which is most like easy for them. Try it properly and they will see it is decreasing. Then they can try another step, another step, another step until they are completely or get complete relief. What's the name of the book? The book is I Cured My Tinnitus. 
And where can and you find it? Available on Amazon. Okay. Where I cured my tinnitus. And also, tell me about the feedback that you've received from the book. Some people just wrote me, okay, I wrote a book and my tinnitus is gone because I understand and I'm not afraid of my tinnitus anymore and my nervous system cooled down and it's gone. Then some writing that diet changes help them a lot and they hear that little bit of tinnitus, but it doesn't bother them anymore and they don't want to go to this emotional stuff. And then there is a part of people which are asking me what therapy I underwent, what is the best way to work with traumas, with unresolved issues, etc. So there are these three most feedbacks which I get. Tremendous. Well, it has been such an honor and a privilege to speak with you. I really appreciate you sharing your story. I think it's going to impact the lives of a lot of listeners and patients of listeners. So thank you so much. Peter Studenick, thank you for being here with me today on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Uh, thank you, Jen, for having me. It was very nice, and I hope it will help. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us today. Your support means the world to us. If you enjoyed this episode, I kindly request that you take a moment to leave us a five-star review wherever you tune into our podcast. Your reviews make a tremendous difference and help others to find us. Please explore our virtual home at docworking.com. That's D-O-C-W-O-R-K-I-N-G.com, where you'll find resources carefully curated to propel you toward the destination you aspire to reach, both in your personal journey and in your meaningful career. It's time to take the leap and gain the tools and support to fully access the power of you.